Welcome to the Author's Podcast with Lisa Newton. Writing a book is a dream for many people, and in today's society, it has become easier and more important than ever. If you are an expert, speaker, coach, or an authority in your field, having a book is the new business card. It can increase your credibility, enhance your status, and make you the go-to person in your field opening doors and bringing a flood of opportunities straight to you. You can increase your fees and start choosing the clients you really want to work with. The Authors Podcast Show with Lisa Newton is designed to inspire, educate and inform you, both entrepreneur and individual, on how to write a book, as well as writer's tips and strategies on how to actually get that book written. On today's show, you learn more about how to write a book, including writing ideas, marketing, and how to succeed in getting a book written. Here we go with the author's podcast, and here is your host, Lisa Newton. Hello, everyone. And welcome to another episode of the Authors Podcast. My name is Lisa Newton, I'm your host, and in each show I'll interview an author, asking them about how they got their book written, how they got started, and what tips they might have for the would-be authors out there who are thinking of writing a book. Today's guest on my show is Simone Vincenzi. He is known as the Italian stallion of the speaking industry. Simone is the co-founder of GTEx Community and the lead facilitator of Explode Your Coaching Business. He's been featured on TEDx and recognised as one of the most influential migrant entrepreneurs in the UK and awarded Speaker of the Year 2016 by the ACPTC. Fed up with the dirt of the personal development industry that no one talks about, he believes in changing the industry through the creation of a supportive and genuine community of coaches and speakers, helping them to create seminars that convert while delivering incredible value to the audience. Successful from a young age, Simone Vincenzi, Simone Vincenzi, he was one of the youngest Michelin star restaurant managers in Europe. He transitioned from working in the catering industry to building a six-figure coaching practice and shares tools with his clients to allow them to grow from zero to £100,000. Over the last 12 months, he's spoken in front of 5,000 individuals, which included sharing the stage with Les Brown, John C. Maxwell, Simon Sinek, Trent Shelton, amongst many others. He's also organised over 170 events, including Gary Vee speaking from York Hall Boxing Ring and is currently speaking in on more than 200 stages every year, including a very controversial TEDx talk entitled Sleeping With Your Clients. <laughs> Following his passion for making an impact in the younger generation, he also partners with the largest youth organisations in the UK, helping them deliver more effective courses and training. There's three things Simone cannot live without. That's speaking, basketball and playing his didgeridoo. So with all of that said, Simone Vincenzi, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? <laughs> very good. Thank you very much for being a guest. Hi, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure being here. Okay. 
let, let's start from the beginning then. You're Italian. Uh, yes, I am. And um, you you used to be one of the managers of a Michelin star restaurant in Europe. How did you transition from being in the restaurant to being on the stage? Talk me through what happened. Yeah, it's a journey that took uh, five years. <laughs> <laughs> that transition <laughs> it wasn't like the, the story yeah today i'm a michelin star restaurant manager and uh, now i'm an international speaker no it didn't happen that way i personally loved the, the catering industry and that was my passion was my biggest passion and then i found because i started working there as a young age from a young age started at the age of 14 at the age of 22 i wanted to find something different because uh, if you think about that, I already had an eight years career mm. and I, I wanted to find something different. And uh, I started attending seminars. Mm. And uh, when I, I sat down, I still remember the day I was in the front row of that seminar. And I said, one day I want to do what this guy is doing. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to do what this guy is doing. Sounds cool. I'm helping people. Also, I've always been a bit of a showman. And uh, for me, the stage is, uh, is is what I love. I love being in front of people and I love helping people. So uh, I started uh, training as a coach mm-hmm. and then uh, I went through a lot of speaking training mm-hmm. and then I started running my own events mm-hmm. and I started running more events and I started running more events and I started running more events and that's how I became where I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, excellent. So you're also, uh, I haven't mentioned yet, the author of several books, including 69 Buzzing Questions to Turn Your Life Upside Down. And you've got Explode Your Coaching Biz coming out shortly. Tell me how you got into the book writing. It's really interesting. Um, I'm very externally motivated. So I think that uh, it's important for people to know what motivates them. And for me, uh, I'm very externally motivated, which uh, means that if uh, I see some people that have stuff that uh, I don't have, then uh, for me is a, uh, is a drive to get them if I think they are important, if I believe they are important. So I was there at 22 when I started my journey and I was surrounded by people that uh, were already running uh, really successful coaching and speaking businesses. And I saw that they all had a book. And I said, well, why do I have to wait to 10 years? Because they were all like 10, uh, 20 years older than me. So why do I have to wait 10, 20 years to write a book? Why can't I do it now? So I sat down and set myself the challenge to write and publish a book in 30 days. I said in 30 days, I'm going to write and I'm going to publish that book and I'm going to uh, and it's going to be able in 30 days, someone can order it online and I can order my first copy from Amazon. Mm. And and then I sat down and I started writing. (laughs) (laughs) So so tell me about that process, just sitting down and starting writing. So would would you write every day? Would you write for hours? How, How did you do it? Every day. I will write every day and I will schedule about two hours a day. And, and write it. Uh, so I set myself for a first book, uh, not a, a massive, uh, uh, a, an enormous, gigan- gigantic goal, mm-hmm. 
So I didn't want to write a 5,000 pages book. I didn't want to write an encyclopedia mm-hmm. as my first book. And I think that this is the mistake that a lot of people make. Yeah. They think that their first book needs to be this uh, yeah. majestic uh, so, so masterpiece. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I, what can I do to write so I can have my message out there? And in the meanwhile, I'm learning the process of writing a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said uh, that I I wasn't going to write a book that was longer than 100 pages. Mm-hmm. And uh, also that was very simple uh, to read and to write. Mm-hmm. So when I thought about that, I said, well, what is really simple to read and write? I said quotes. Mm-hmm. Okay, quotes. But then I thought, well, if I just write quotes, that's not really a book. I mean, it's, it's a collection of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, okay, how can I make it a book? And then I decided to take quotes that uh, were really important for me, that uh, made an impact in my life, that uh, um, I was uh, influenced by at that moment. And then uh, I put my own spin. So on one page, there was the quote. And on the other page, there was the meaning of that quote. And that was the more descriptive and narrative part of the book, where I was putting my own input and uh, how that quote impacted my life. Mm -hmm. And that's how other people can use that concept to impact their life. Okay. And, the okay. No, amazing. And so, and what was the, the title of that first book? That was 69 Buzzing Question to Turn Your Life Upside Down. And a lot of people were like, so there is a big 69 in red in the cover. Uh, if you can imagine the cover right now. Yeah. And people were like, oh, why did you, like, why 69? Um, and uh, it's, not what you, it's not what many people think. When <laughs> <laughs> people think about 69, they think about something different, but it's not, it's not that. And 69 for me uh, actually had a, had a big meaning uh, in my life. And when I was uh, at school, I wasn't really that great because I decided to dumb myself down to be accepted by other people and my peers. And when I was in Italy, what happened, when you finish your high school, you have an exam, a final exam, and you can have a a score from zero to 100. And the minimum to pass this exam is 60, which then will give you your diploma. And then the top is a uh, hundred. Uh, uh, is a hundred. It's almost like a hey plus, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, in, in English terms. And uh, all my teachers already told me that I was going to get out uh, and I was going to leave with a sixty and a kick in the butt just to get me out of the school. Mm-hmm. But I put so much work in the exam that uh, during the final um, interrogation that we had there, there was the all my teachers left astonished. They were like, wow, it's like, how did you come up with this stuff? <laughs> like, well, you, you were the dumb kid at the back of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I just w- wanted to be dumb because I, I, I wasn't bothered. <laughs> yeah. And so they gave me um, 69 as a, as a joke because they wanted to give me a vote between then now 68 and 70. And then my philosophy teacher said, well, Give him 69 so then he can have a plus, we can have a laugh with his friends. <laughs> and, and that's really what happened. So for me, that, that number meant something, meant something that people judge me for, yeah. but then I exceeded their expectations. So it was a reminder for me to always exceed other people's expectations. 
You are listening to The Author's Podcast with me, your host, Lisa Newton. You can email me, lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have The Inner Circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net. So 69 buzzing questions to turn your life upside down. Yeah. And so is this more like a philosophy type question? It's not actually related to the speaking that you do. Exactly. Is that was my first initial book. Right. And I think that a book a ref, books reflect the evolution of a person of the author. Yes. Because you you it's very difficult to write what you can't conceive. So before, I mean, my latest book is going to be Explode Your Coaching Business because I wanted to write a business book about growing a successful coaching and speaking business. That's what I've done. But when I started, I had no clue about writing a business. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I couldn't write really about business. I had nothing to write. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But what I had was all the knowledge of the personal development that I was soaking in mm. to change my life. And I said, well, I can share that. Mm. Fair enough. So that, that's actually quite interesting then. So the Explode Your Coaching business, you're, you're, you're writing that at the moment. Obviously, this is taking a little bit longer than the 30 yeah. days. How are you going about writing this book? Is it still the same sort of formula where you sit down two hours a day? Or how, how are you? Yeah, well, actually, the book is already written. And it's already completed. And uh, we wrote it in uh, um, the challenge that we set ourselves was to write it in 14 days this time, but a much bigger book. Because I think that a book, it, it takes as long as you want it to take. Right. A book can take, uh, you can write a book in five years. Yes. Or you can write a book in a week. Yes. It depends on how long are you going to be there because it started from the assumption that you know your stuff yes it's not going to be difficult to write about something that you know and when mm. people ask me oh how do you write a book how do you find a topic mm. well <laughs> maybe you don't have enough to talk about so right. one learn more and go through more experiences if you want to write about that topic because mm. if you are the expert and if we are talking about non-fiction book here we're talking about mm. expert Yes. You need to know your stuff. And if you know your stuff, you have something to talk about. If you have something to talk about, you have something to write about. There is no difference. Yes. Just making it very simple. I, I completely agree because one of my books is called How to Write a Book in Two Weeks. And right. I remember, okay. <laughs> I remember one time, you know, I, I was on a table and they were selling these books and a lady came up to me and she went, oh, that's impossible. You can't write a book in two weeks. And I said, well, yes, you can. And she goes, oh, well, it won't be a book that would be any good. And I said, well, the thing is, if you've had this idea bubbling around in your head, and, and this is for me talking about myself personally, yeah. and if you've been given presentations on the topic itself, you've got 80% of the material already on your PowerPoint slides or whatever exactly. it may be. So if you lock yourself away and dedicate yourself to getting that out on pen and paper, like you've just said, it doesn't have to be some massive encyclopedia Britannica 50 volume, you know, <laughs> collection. It, it can be quite a simple book, but with ideas that, you know, can take someone somewhere. And some books exactly. that um, people take five years to write, it, it, they're, they're not 
necessarily any better because it's not like you've spent five solid years working on it. Most of the time, those people kind of start and stop in, in, in bursts. Yeah, the, the, it might be a month of writing and the other uh, four years and yeah. 11 months of laughing about. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> so. exactly, exactly. I completely agree. So, and, uh, so it didn't happen that actually we wrote that one in two weeks because uh, it was over ambitious for the kind of book that uh, we wanted to write. Mm. So uh, in, that, in that scenario, it took a month and a half. Mm. But still, I think that people giving themselves a very strict deadline yeah. in two weeks, uh, we literally wrote 80% of the book. So then when, the rest when, when you was say refining we, it. When you say we, who's, who is the we? Oh, in, uh, it's me and my business partner. Mm. So we were the two of us writing this book. Uh, which was me and my business partner. He has, I think, uh, uh, it, it was a book, is a book with, uh, if I remember well, there are about 13, 14 chapters. So he wrote about five, six chapters and I wrote the rest. Okay. So that's very interesting. So co-authoring a book, is yeah. is that something that you found easy or how, how are you, do you, have you got a similar writing style do you write a chapter and then he reads it and vice versa? How, how does that work between, between you both? That's really interesting. We have a very different writing style. We are completely opposite. And uh, we actually put in the preface of the book. We said, guys, you're going to, there are going to be two authors and we have a very different writing styles. And uh, you're going to know when, who is writing <laughs> and when. So for them becomes uh, there is more variety in the yes. book because they are not uh, just sticking with writing style, but there is a Ben, uh, my business partner, which is a very raw, uh, is a very raw message, mm. and uh, uh, mine is a bit more coated. <laughs> 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 so yeah, my I put a coat on, but he is like raw, straight to the point, uh, uh, and that's his style. So. Uh, we decided that instead of uh, putting and putting additional work to actually write something that wasn't congruent with our style, mm. we decided to be completely honest and congruent with who we are mm. in terms of writing style and being upfront with our audience so they knew it. Mm. And and that was done. What it required though was a, a good planning. Yes, because we both knew what kind of content we were putting in the book upfront. So that his content wouldn't overlap with my content right. and my content wouldn't overlap with his content. Mm. We had very different set of uh, chapters that we were writing. Mm. And, but it was pretty easy because we've been delivering seminars on this topic for the past three years. Right. So at the end of the day, what we did, we took our courses, what we deliver in our courses and putting in a written format. Absolutely. Yes. And and th this is the thing. So it's almost repurposing the content because, you know, not everyone will be able to make your seminars or travel to you to, to hear you speak. So this is a way to get your message exactly. out. So tell me about, I mean, I can't get over it, but this TEDx talk that you did called Sleeping <laughs> With Your Clients. Tell me what you, you talked about there. I, I dread to get yeah. it, but go on. <laughs> I mean, you're like, okay, you're writing a book with 69 buzzing questions. Are you sleeping with your clients? Like, what kind of business do you run? <laughs> Not that kind of business. Uh, what, <laughs> the, the reason why we started uh, uh, this story with sleeping with your clients, and actually, 
it was the event organizer that came up with that title. Uh, and I said, okay, yeah, go for it. I love it. It's going to get a good hit, hit on YouTube. Uh, I'm sure it will. It, it was, uh, the, the token is uh, meant to narrate a story um, and to give information about how can you run a business that you're not just delivering a service with your clients, but you're part of their lives. Yes. Which means that uh, you are supporting them so much that uh, you are where they are. So it's not like you have to stalk your clients. I'm not talking about that, guys, right? So all legal, all good stuff. But how can you support your clients above and beyond that they fall in love with you? And that's why sleeping with your clients because uh, I was thinking, I mean, I go to sleep. Uh, I don't want to sound very sad, but I think a lot of people do. Uh, what do I have next to my bed table is my iPhone. I'm sleeping, it's almost like I'm sleeping with Steve Jobs. I mean, it's not, it's not my kind of guy. But, <laughs> I mean, and I have my, my fiancé, so we are sleeping with my fiancé, but next to me is Steve Jobs. So when I was thinking about the company I want to create, I said, I want to create a company where I can be with my client and I can make them feel that they are supported every single day. And that was uh, the TEDx talk about. Right. Okay. That, now that makes sense. That makes sense. So you work with speakers, leaders, and business owners, helping them create effective presentations, events, and seminars that exactly. will add five to six figures to their bottom line without exactly. compromising their integrity and developing a unique bond with their clients. Yes. So in terms of coaching then so you've written a book about how to explode your coaching business as yes. well as the fact that you are a coach yourself to other coaches yeah and speakers okay and talking about speaking then have you found and i'm sure this is an obvious question but having a book actually is not only a must like you said because all the other speakers have them but actually adds to your expert status it, it, it does. And you know what? I think that right now, having a book is expected. Right. Okay. Yes. B before, having a book was, uh, yeah, if you have a book, you're the expert. Mm. Now, if you don't have a book, even if you claim you are the expert, you're not, which is a big difference. And I think that the marketplace has changed so much because before, if you needed to have a book, you need to have a publishing company that was behind you. There were budgets. It was taking longer, longer time to create a book. Right now, it's not this way anymore. Everyone can be an author because they can self-publish their own books. They don't need to have a publishing company that is sponsoring or being behind them and also dictating what they have to write and what they have not to write. Because a lot of people have this thing, oh, I want to be published by a publishing house. Mm. But you got to understand that they are in control of the content. Yes. And they have this final say if that book is going to be published in that way or not. And also, you're going to earn peanuts from a publishing house. Yes. <laughs> so unless you sell millions of, comp of copies, then it's actually probably worth right now self-publishing. <laughs> Absolutely, no. at, at the moment, right? Yeah, no, it's interesting you say that because I wanted to talk to you about um, self-publishing and, yeah. um, you know, I, I feel there is an air of snobbery, you know, with some people where they feel like, oh, you know, I've got a publisher or, you know, 
that kind of attitude. But like you rightly said, if it is, you know, looking at the bottom line, then chances are <laughs> you'll actually probably make a lot more if you did self-publish as opposed to go for a publisher. Exactly. And also, if you have a book first, that right now publishers don't uh, don't even look at you if you haven't published a book before yeah. or if you don't have a book, a, a big following. So yes. even to get into a publisher, then they are asking you, OK, so have you do you have other publications? What's their reach? How many mm. copies have you sold? Because that's what they're interested in. Yes. Right. Yes. If you're looking at a publisher point of view, they're looking at how can I make the most money from this book? Yes. Uh, and, they and, don't care about if it's the book that is going to change the world right now. They care, can I make more money with your book? book exactly. And, and that's the, the funny thing about it, because if you've worked hard and you've got a following and you've got fans and, you know, you, you've sold the books and you've done all the marketing and done all of that yourself, along will come a publisher that will say, oh, let us publish that for you and just take exactly. all your royalties. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. you, you built up the following, you know. Exactly. So... Uh, but also then there might be a point where actually that publisher can add an additional reach mm. that you might not have. Yes. So again, it depends from your business model. Most of the time, your business will earn from the credibility and expertise that having that book and that big reach will, will get. Because suddenly, if you have a publisher that is behind you, and then you can reach New York Times bestsellers, and then you are invited to speak in TV shows uh, all over the world, yes. that's worth it. Because uh, that publisher might be able to give you the reach that you're missing. But they are not looking at small fishes. No. They're looking at uh, people that have huge followings mm. and people that uh, have already an history, a credibility, mm. because they know that in this way their book is going to sell. Yes, absolutely. So I personally recommend everyone to, to self-publish. And, and also, I mean, I personally, you know, for 69 Buzz in Question, I never done any promotion of it. Mm. Never. Online, you really can't see anything promotionally done because I wasn't bothered about that. Mm. But through the semi, through my seminar, I sold more than a thousand copies. Wow! If you're looking at a thousand copies sold through my seminars, ten pounds a piece. Mm. Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And I think I sold two copies via Amazon. So I'm not. Mm. A, uh, now, the next book, we're going to put a lot of good marketing strategy behind that because we want a lot of online sales. Mm. But even if you're not this marketing genius and you have your and you buy your copies and you sell them at your events, seminars, when you meet your clients and so on. You were listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton. Please do subscribe to, like and share this channel. Um, and you, you've also written a chapter um, for another a book called Your Success. Yes. So um, how did you get into that? Because I think that's very interesting. And I actually think that that's a good strategy for those people out there that, you know, fancy actually writing a book, but maybe don't want to do the whole lot. They could contribute a chapter to a, a book that's in print, because I've done that myself. I wrote uh, yeah. one of the chapters for... Uh, a book called Cashflow Magic and I, I wrote the book about cash flow and how to create a cash flow forecast because that was my specialism. Yeah. In the Your Success chapter, how did you come across the opportunity to be included within that book? That actually was uh, thanks to the PR person that I was working with at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I was coaching a client and we were doing an exchange at the time mm-hmm. and uh, she was working in PR 
and I said, I'll give you a discount uh, if you uh, help me out with my PR. And every now and then, uh, you put me forward for opportunities that are relevant to me. Okay. And uh, one afternoon, uh, she came back to a message and said, uh, oh, I've seen this ad or people um, for Mitra Publishing, which is a publishing house, that is looking for authors uh, to write a new book called Your Success. Mm. Would you like to um, to be part of it? And uh, I said, why not? <laughs> like, great. <laughs> so the publishing deal was crap. Because oh, uh, no, I, I literally had no royalties from uh, the um, from the book sales, mm. but you, the only thing that you could buy your books, they were selling the book for twenty five pound. You could buy it for fifteen pound, right? That that was the only deal of being part of that. But wow. Mitra Publishing was sponsored in that book in particular by Health Magazine, mm. and uh, I personally don't care. So I haven't seen a penny from that book, mm. but I sat down. They accepted me, uh, and the chapter, and uh, that was a chapter about finding your purpose. Oh. They accepted me. They accepted the chapter, and I wrote it. They loved it, and they put it out. Mm-hmm. So suddenly, I can put on my on my marketing material a scene on Health and Mag- Magazine and published by Mitra Publishing. Absolutely. Right. So sometimes you might not have a financial return, but your brand return. It will be something that you can use for the rest of your life, the rest of your career. Exactly. Yes, I like that. The brand return. Excellent. So I just came up with this concept, brand return. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For people just tuning in, I am talking to Simone Vincenzi. He is the co-founder of GTEx Community. He's been on the stage with many well-known speakers as well as Um, talking at a TEDx talk I want to talk about the TEDx Simone because to me that's like the ultimate sort of speaking platform right and and well done as well for um because you you got you was awarded speaker of the year 2016 by the ACPTC so clearly you're you're you are very good on on the stage so what was that like you know speaking at TEDx was it nerve-wracking I was uh, myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, be- I beeped myself for the, for the podcast. So I was incredibly nervous. And, you know, I run about five, I've run 500 seminars in three years. Mm-hmm. So for me, going on stage is almost like uh, drinking a glass of water right now. Yeah. However, TEDx, oh my God. God, I've never been so nervous like in in a, in a while, in a long. I think that time I was nervous as well as when I proposed to my fiance. <laughs> that, that, that was the kind of nervousness that I had. And I still remember I've been accepted and I had the draft of the talk. They liked the draft of the talk, but I still needed to work on it. Mm. And the, the day before the talk, my fiance, we were in the, in the hotel room and she said, baby, and I said, yeah, do you do you realize that you don't have a talk right now? Oh, dear. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I don't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so she sat me down and said, no, 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 you have a TEDx talk tomorrow <laughs> and you need to create and you need to go there and smash it like every other seminar that you're doing. Mm. And I'm like, I-, I didn't know what the resistance it was, but I really left it super last minute. Mm. And then I spent the next 
think six hours with my fiance drilling the talk and refining it and shaping it because TEDx is 20 minutes and in these 20 minutes you got to be on point and then you know that you have thousands of views on YouTube after yes. Yes. so it's an opportunity that if it goes well it can mean massively for your speaking career yes now I think that people overrate TEDx in terms of how to get into TEDx is it's quite easy it's not that difficult like becoming a TEDx speaker but the TEDx process the day before delivering TEDx it was nerve-wracking but as soon as I stepped on stage you know I'm a speaker I love speaking so all the nerves went away and I could be just able to be myself and relax and focus and concentrate on the talk and then I looked back and I said oh done that wasn't a big deal Okay, no, well, that's, it's an accomplishment. It's, it's very, very good because, uh, you know, they say that, is it, public speaking, most people would rather die or face death or something than, you know, speak in public. It's, it's really one of those things that a lot of people fear. But when you can do it well, then you can essentially really captivate a large audience. So It's true. And, uh, and in particular, I mean, I was lucky that I got rid of... Uh, my fear of public speaking when I was 17, but I, it was a mild fear. So there are people naturally that are performers and I'm a performer. So for people like me and other people, public speaking is actually what we love the most. It's not a fear, it's what we look forward to. Mm. And then there are people that are not performers that uh, they got to work more on their speaking skills mm. in order to become great speakers. And speaking of performing, tell me how you got into playing the didgeridoo. Ask. <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen you. I've seen you play the didgeridoo. So just... Yeah, you were you were in our, <laughs> event, our event last month. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, how did you end up playing the didgeridoo? That's a, an interesting story. I had a friend in Cambridge, and uh, uh, she was having an house party. And uh, at the moment, I was a bit of a hippie. Uh, I was still, I think, 23, I think, mm-hmm. at that time. And uh, I hitchhiked to Cambridge, to her house, from London, <laughs> with a friend. <laughs> and then, and then, on, on, I think we were on the motorway. We actually hitchhiked on the motorway. Wow. <laughs> Which is, wow. people that was this, like, also someone that stopped on the motorway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like crazy. But anyway, that happened. So we reached the destination that we needed to reach in Cambridge. And uh, we ended up being in this house party that was so boring, so dull, that uh, I didn't know what to do. It was, I think it was midnight, and I've been fiddling my thumbs for about three hours at that time. And then I looked in the corner of the living room, on the left corner of the living room, and there was a didgeridoo. So I said, well, the party cannot get worse than this. <laughs> so <laughs> let me pick the didgeridoo. I picked the, I opened YouTube on how to play the didgeridoo. And I literally started playing the didgeridoo for five hours straight. Wow. And uh, I've learned a uh, few things already, a uh, few things in these five hours. I was like, wow, everyone says that playing the didgeridoo is difficult. But for me, it feels natural. So, so you taught yourself by watching a YouTube video yeah wow this is this is the amazing thing with youtube i think you know anything you can i've I've seen people um how to play the guitar actually so Uh, for me for example the guitar i played the guitar for about a year and i think that after a year i could play only three chords 
I mean, the guitar wasn't my instrument at all. I, I really sucked at playing guitar. But then when I'm talking about wind instrument, I don't know why, but uh, I play harmonica and uh, I play the didgeridoo. And it was quite easy to pick them up. It wasn't that difficult. While other instruments is, uh, oh my God, <laughs> what is this thing? <laughs> and, and, and I think that people, we, have all, we all have clues about what things are we are natural at mm. and what things we are forcing. And the more things we do that are natural for us, the easier and more effortless our life is. And the more we can express our talents and really stands out rather than forcing something we are not. You are listening to The Author's Podcast with me, your host, Lisa Newton. You can email me, lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have The Inner Circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net. Okay, so listeners, I, have, I am talking to Simone Vincenzi. He's the co-founder of the GTEx community. Simone is the lead facilitator of Explode Your Coaching Business. He has been featured on TEDx and recognised as one of the most influential migrant entrepreneurs in the UK. He's written various books, including 69 Buzzing Questions to Turn Your Life Upside Down and out very soon, Explode Your Coaching Business, which will be available on Amazon. And um, Simone, tell us if the listeners are interested in perhaps attending one of your seminars, workshops, how they can work with you, how they can get involved, your websites, etc. Yeah, thank you very much, Liz. I appreciate that. Uh, if someone wants to get in touch with me, we have, there are two places where you can go. One is uh, our website where you can find all the events listed there. And the website is www.gtex.org.uk and if you want you can put us forward slash events but also they are in the home page and uh, uh, so if you're a coach or a speaker or a trainer you want to grow your business uh, these events are incredible because uh, we are not only giving you information but it's very interactive it's very practical as, as you have experienced last time oh, I, yes. you don't spend much time sitting down no. <laughs> let's put it this way <laughs> And it's not this hype, rah, rah, that you're jumping up and down. No, I, I don't like that. It's a, a facilitative workshop to get you, to give you the skills that you want. And and the other place that you can find out and uh, connect with us is our community on Facebook, uh, which is our Facebook group, uh, which is Explode Your Coaching Biz. So if you search on Facebook, Explode Your Coaching Biz, then uh, you will find a Facebook group and you can join there. And we are there active every day to give you value and to support you to grow your business. And it's absolutely free. Excellent. To remind the, the listeners, GTEx, it's spelt G-T-E-X and the website is www.gtex.org.uk. You can find the group on Facebook under Explode Your Coaching Biz. And there's lots of events that Simone and his team run. Really worth getting involved if you're speaking, if you're a coach, if if you need coaching as well. uh, It's a good group to be involved with. Okay, Simone, any final words? 
Uh, for everyone uh, who's thinking about writing a book, stop thinking, start doing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, so here we have it. So that was Simone Vincenzi, author of 69 Buzzing Questions to Turn Your Life Upside Down and Explode Your Coaching Biz. Simone, thank you very much for, for joining me. And for the listeners out there, I do hope you've enjoyed our session. And I hope you'll tune in and uh, speak again. Thank you. You have been listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton, sponsored by Boogles Limited. Tweet the show at Boogles underscore books, spelled B-O-O-G-L-E-Z underscore books. You can also contact your host via the email address Lisa at lisanewton.co.uk and if you want to join our authors community join the inner circle at www.writerbook.net you have just been listening to the authors podcast with lisa newton see you next time